Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Now, solar combined with battery storage is the best way to power your home or business during the next blackout or power shutoff. Now, power shutoffs have become the new normal here in California, and it's going to continue for many years to come. Heck, the PG&E CEO said, figure on this, taking another 10 years or so. That's forever. Battery backup with solar is clean. You don't need any fossil fuels. It's reliable because the batteries charge up every morning. And you know what I really like? Even though I'm a mechanical engineer, there's no moving parts. You don't have a generator to put oil in or test and start it every month. These systems are safe. There's no dangerous gasoline or natural gas. And they're cost-effective because they also reduce your power bills and have almost zero maintenance for 10 years. Now, ordinary solar inverters without battery backup capabilities have to shut off the solar power if there's a power failure. This is a big surprise for people who aren't prepared. And it's a safety feature. So if you have an ordinary solar system that you put in, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, five years ago, and if there's no battery, it's probably not going to work when the power goes out. It's a safety feature there to protect utility workers. Solar inverters with batteries can operate in an island or microgrid mode. So they'll keep working if utility power goes out. And then they'll automatically supply power to the critical loads in your house when the power goes down. And this power comes from solar during the day. So your critical loads are running from solar during the day and the batteries at night. And the batteries get pretty much depleted at night, and then they fully charge the next day. So it's totally automatic. But there's a big caveat, a big but. You can't run your home or business exactly the same way you do when the grid is connected. The batteries have a limited amount of energy. And also, the inverters can provide a limited amount of power, not everything your whole house needs. So when I kind of look at this, it's a myth that solar and batteries can provide backup to your entire home and you can enjoy your home the way you do when you have utility power. Unless you have $100,000 or more to spend on solar panels, on batteries and inverters, you're going to need something like a commercial scale 50 kilowatt inverter and you're going to need like 50 kilowatt hours of batteries. That's a lot. That's what a, a commercial customer puts in. It's not practical for a home for lots and lots of reasons. So people want to believe this myth that we can continue to run our house, a 21st century lifestyle, when the power goes out. But it's not practical, and it's not cost-effective for the ordinary homeowner. Now, it's good to set realistic expectations, and that's kind of why I'm doing this show. If you're a battery customer, if you're looking at batteries for your house, it's good to understand the limits of the battery capacity and the inverter, so that you're not disappointed when you get a system. So the comments on this week's show, a lot of these insights come from me installing batteries for 20 plus years, and also from the experiences that our customers have had right here in the San Jose area over the last few months during these scheduled PG&E blackouts <laughs> and also during some just uh, regular blackouts. I mean, the most bizarre thing happened to us this week. We just finished installing a system for a customer in Aptos. And like when our team was still there, the power went out in this neighborhood and he was like jumping up and down for joy. <laughs> we thought at first we somehow caused this blackout, but no, the power was shut out and their customers just like, hey, my lights are on, my fridge is on, my TV's on, I'm, I'm happy. All right. So there's two reasons why whole home backup is just impractical. The first reason is that the energy capacity in your batteries is generally not enough to power the whole home overnight. And maybe for a few cloudy days after a storm, when we have a really bad rainstorm or when there's a bad snowstorm, it might not be the sunny day to the next day. So you're going to want to be kind of careful about using your battery energy. And the second is the power output of the inverters is insufficient 
to operate your major appliances. You no longer have a 100 or 200 amp wire going into your house. You have a relatively small number 8 wire that can put out maybe 25 or 30 amps, and that's not going to run your air conditioner. It's not going to run your heat pump heating system. It's not going to run your pool pumps. It's not going to warm up your electric stove. It's not going to charge your EV in any significant way. Now, it's confusing because there's a lot of off-grid homes, and some companies are promoting this concept of whole house backup. Home Power Magazine says there's 180,000 homes in the U.S. that are completely off-grid. Now, these off-grid homes were designed for off-grid living. They're generally smaller. They're more efficient. They have combustion heating, natural gas, or in many cases, wood stoves. They have gas or propane stoves. They might have solar domestic hot water, so you're not heating up your domestic hot water from natural gas or your solar. You're heating up from solar thermal, great old technology. There's no central air conditioning, and you have very few always-on appliances. And a lot of these off-grid houses, they don't have electric vehicles or swimming pools. They're also going to consume a lot of energy. Now, there are some bigger off-grid homes, but these big off-grid homes were carefully designed to minimize the electric use in the home. They'll have large solar arrays. They'll have multiple inverters and large battery systems, you know, four, six, eight batteries. These are big batteries all stacked up together. All right, so let's look at the average needs of a typical U.S. home. A typical U.S. home uses about 1,000 kilowatt hours a month or about 33 kilowatt hours a day. Now, in order to meet those typical needs, you'll need about 10 kilowatt photovoltaic system, 10 kilowatt solar system. And that works in the average sunny areas around the country. If you're in a more northern climate where it's not as sunny, you might need a bigger system. And if you're in, heck, in like Phoenix, Arizona, you can probably get by with a smaller system, although... I'm sure people in Phoenix use a lot more than 1,000 kilowatt hours a month for cooling. So we can see that for most homes, it's feasible to find a way to put in solar that's going to cover most of the consumption in the house. All right. Pretty much, if you have the budget, it's pretty much going to zero out your electric bill. Now, let's look at the energy capacity of your battery backup system. This is the next thing. Now, remember, most battery backup systems cycle from 100% fully charged during the day. So usually this bat, the batteries in a, in a backup power system with solar. They're recharged by solar by you know 10 or 11 or 12 o'clock during the day. And then and they start discharging in the afternoon and evening when the sun's down. They'll, they'll discharge down to, say, 25% at night. So there's a, a nice economic benefit because you can charge your battery during the day when solar is accessible and when running the meter backwards is relatively cheap. Heck, in California right now, the midday rate is 16 cents a kilowatt hour. Yeah, it's not great to do net metering then. But the rate at night, in the afternoon at night, is 47 cents a kilowatt hour. So instead of running your meter backwards at a low rate, you just put that energy into your battery. And then you use that energy in the battery in the late afternoon and evening when you basically you don't want to buy that 47 cent kilowatt hour power. And those numbers are just going to keep going up. So by operating the battery in this way, I'm shifting your energy use. You can save another $500 or $1,000 more a year. So there's some nice economic benefit for that. So first question that battery customers always ask is how long is my battery going to last in a blackout? It's not an easy answer. The reason why it's an important question for customers to ask is the biggest customer complaint about their battery backup system is it didn't last as long as they thought. 
We had a, a customer who was kind of had a lot of things running on his critical load panel, and his CPAP machine stopped working at 2 in the morning. His wife kicked him out, and he had to go sleep on the couch. And we kind of had things redesigned so then that his energy would kind of get him through the night. Now he's happy. All right, so there's two factors that are going to dictate how long your battery is going to last. The first is the charge level of the battery when the power goes out. If your power goes out when the battery is fully charged, battery's going to last longer. But if the power goes out at night when you're mostly discharged or fully discharged, you're not going to have a lot of energy left for backup power. So here's the thing. Our 20th century homes, last century, right? Things built in the 1900s, they used a lot of electricity and they were relatively poorly insulated and they had older appliances. New homes, things that are built 21st century, they're more efficient, there's better controls, they're really well insulated, but they use even more electricity because a lot of the things in the house are electric. So let's look at some of the necessities that are built into current houses that use a lot of power. Central air conditioning. Central air conditioning system, five-ton air conditioner, draws about 5,000 watts. Now, it's not always drawing 5,000 watts. I'm just going to assume a duty cycle of about half. So it's only running half the time. Your electric vehicle charger, a level 2 EV charger, needs a 40-amp breaker. draws about 7,000 watts peak. Depending on the car, you may not charge at 7,000, but a lot of cars are charging at 7,000 because you don't want to take like a whole day to charge up. Your electric stove, just one burner on that electric stove can draw 10,000 watts. Your oven's going to draw even more. Your pool pumps, usually you have a circulating pump and a cleaning pump. Those two pumps... Each has got about a one and a half horsepower motor, so those are going to draw 2,200 watts. And then you have these things called vampire loads, these insidious devices. Chargers, TVs are always kind of drawing a little power. Amazon or intelligent speakers, your internet router, your cable modem, your doorbell, your security system, appliances with timers and clocks. These things add up easily to over 100 watts, and those are on 24-7. So how does a typical solar and battery system operate with these bigger power draw appliances? So let's say you're going to try and run your whole house with a solar and battery system when you've got, you know, all these other things running, the AC, the pool pump, the HVAC, trying to cook on an electric stove. How does it work? Basically, it doesn't last very long at all. The math is really simple. If your battery is down to a 25% minimum charge level you know, in the evening, let's say 2,500 watt hours, that 2,500 watt hours is enough to run your central air conditioner for half an hour. Then the battery's dead. When the battery's dead, you don't have any power for your fridge, your lights, or anything else. It's enough to run your EV charger for 20 minutes, then the battery's dead. You can run your electric stove, one of those burners on your electric stove, for 15 minutes, then the battery's dead. Or you run your pool pumps for less than an hour, then the battery's dead. So we've got to design these systems so that they're going to operate in a way where your necessities are going to easily be powered through the night into the next day, and then the sun will recharge things. And that's what's involved in properly designing a system, right? When your battery is dead, it's like you're on Gilligan's Island. No lights, no phone, no electric car, not a single luxury. It's not practical to expect that when a blackout hits, a public safety power shutoff hits, anything like that hits, a homeowner is going to turn off the critical appliances. So if you had wired up your house and you said, all right, well, you know, when there's a blackout, I want to back up my whole house, but I'll just turn off the circuit breakers for the things I don't need. It ain't going to happen. At night, you might not even know there's a blackout until the battery's dead. Or you might somehow know that there's a blackout because you might hear a beep. You're not going to want to get out of your warm bed, go outside or into your basement, and flip off the breakers for your air conditioner, your pool pump, and everything else. You're just going to kind of wait. An hour later, everything's dead. And then during the day, you may not even be home. So when you get home from work at night, 
say around 6 p.m., the battery could already be, you know, dead. And there's no sun to recharge it, so you're out. So to deal with the situation where the energy's limited, that you have in your battery, and your power's limited, what contractors do is they install a critical load or a backup load panel. It's not always easy to install these things, but it's the right way to do it. And on this critical load panel, you're just wiring in circuits for the necessities, not the luxuries and big power drawer appliances like your pool pumping or air conditioner, but things like your, your refrigerator in your kitchen, your hallway lights, some bedroom outlets, maybe your garage door opener because you want to get in and out. Just a, f- a few things, half a dozen appliance, half a dozen circuits. And this kind of installation is very common with generator installations. Also, heck, you can go to a big box store and buy one of these critical load panels with a transfer switch. Not a big deal. Um, so straightforward, but it's the right way to go. Um, now, Let's let's start running a little bit of math. The duration of the battery use, so how long is your battery going to last? It depends on the charge level of the battery when the power goes out. So here's a practical example. Just happened in our neighborhood last month. Public safety power shutoff. We knew it was going to happen. Our neighborhood got hit around 1030 at night. Now, the popular batteries that are on the market right now are, are in the range of 10 kilowatt hours to 13 and a half kilowatt hours. That's how much energy is in one of these big 200-pound batteries. So I'm going to use the example of a 10 kilowatt hour battery since the math is easier. If your battery is down to 25% usable capacity at night, and that's kind of normal because you've been also using your battery to, to save some money on, um, on high cost of electricity at peak times in the afternoon and evening. So if it's down to 25% usable capacity, you still have 2.5 kilowatt hours for important appliances. That's 25 watt hours of energy that you can use for what you really want. That sounds like a lot, but it really isn't depending on how you use the power in your house. So let's look at the power draw of these critical appliances for half a day. Could be daytime, most likely evening, running on a critical load panel. So let's say the power goes out at 10 at night, and you know, let's see if we've got 12 hours of power for the critical things. And also remember, when the sun comes up in the morning, you're going to have plenty of power from solar. A normal fridge draws about 75 watts on the average, or 900 watt hours overnight. A microwave draws 1,200 watts, and a coffee maker is about 1,000 watts. But you're not going to run those constantly. You're going to run each of them for maybe 10 minutes or so. I mean, boy, you want to make sure that you have enough energy in your battery to make coffee in the morning. Maybe you need a light, but you have to have that coffee. All right, so that's going to add up between the microwave to heat up whatever hot water or you know make, make some breakfast in the microwave and your coffee maker. That's going to use about 300 watt hours. Basic cooking necessities. Let's say you have some lighting in the house, five, six watt light bulbs, LED light bulbs running for 10 hours. I mean, you're never doing it that way. You're just going to turn on more lights for a brief amount of time, but just for simplicity, running these light bulbs for 10 hours, it's going to use about 300 watt hours of energy. Here's an interesting one, a CPAP machine. A lot of our customers have CPAP machines. They use about 40 watts, and to keep those things running for eight hours at night, it's going to be 320 watt hours overnight. Your cable TV box, your internet modem, your standby loads, another 50 watts or 600 watt hours overnight. So if you add all these things up, you come up with almost 2,500 watt hours overnight. So that's how much the necessities of life are going to require for about a 12-hour period. Now, when the sun comes up in the morning, battery's going to fully recharge 
charge and you'll be fine. So by being judicious about what you're putting on this critical load panel, you're really going to have better satisfaction with your battery backup system. Now, in addition to the limitation of the battery energy, it's kind of like the size of the battery, there's also a limitation with these whole house backup systems on the size of the inverters, the power limitation of the inverter. This is really important. Most homes have a 200 amp electric service. Older homes have 100, people are upgrading to 200, that's great. The National Electric Code has very strict rules about how big a circuit breaker different appliances can have. And it's interesting the way the solar industry has evolved. Most inverter companies have a 7600 watt inverter that's optimized for a 200 amp electric service. That's just kind of how it works. You know, they also have 3800 watt inverter that's optimized for a 100 amp service since that, you know, half the size of this. So that's just kind of the way things work. So these inverters, the normal biggest inverter you can put on a 200 amp service is a 7600 watt inverter. There's ways around it. You can kind of downgrade your service. You can do some other fancy things to put more power in there, but that's kind of typical. So these common inverters in backup mode can supply about 5,000 watts steady state and 6,000 watts peak. That's when they're operating from the battery. And it's interesting, the limitation isn't really as much in the inverter, but the limitation is the amount of power that can be drawn quickly from the battery without kind of burning it out. And there's a little bit of variation here and there. But you'll notice that 5,000 watts steady state or 6,000 watts peak is not enough power output to start the big motors and things like heat pumps and air conditioners and well pumps. It's just not enough current can be pulled out of the thing at once to start those things up. You know, also, as we talked before, it's just, you know, they're going to suck the power dry very quickly because they're using so much energy. So the other thing you have to remember is that you're not just starting up your air conditioner or your HVAC system. You've got other things in your house trying to start up at the same time. Your refrigerator is going to start. Your lights are going to start. Everything's going to want to get going and they're going to draw a lot of power and it's not going to be enough that's supplied by the inverter. And even if you could start these big appliances somehow, some way, they're only going to run for an hour or so before your battery capacity is dead. Now, another way around this is to install multiple inverters for more peak power, but it's going to require bigger electrical service or changes to your electric panel. And obviously, if you're putting in multiple inverters and you want to draw more power, you're going to need more battery capacity. So the whole house battery backup is not practical for the vast majority of homeowners. Don't deceive yourselves. There's a limitation of the battery energy capacity. You know, one or two batteries is going to give you, you know, 10 to 27 or so kilowatt hours. There's a limitation of inverter power output in terms of watts, unless you want to go with lots of inverters. And most people have a limitation on the amount of money they can spend to buy more batteries inverters. So practically, you're going to have to kind of live with what's out there, and that's not going to change a lot in the future. So what can homeowners do now? Well, what you have to do is carefully match your battery capacity and your inverter capacity to match the needs of your home during a blackout. Sit down and, and you know work with your solar contractor, your battery storage contractor, and figure these things out. Don't try to power too much. It's your natural inclination. You say, oh, heck, you know, let me try and run 10 circuits. I'm not going to use that one too much. And if there's a blackout, I'll turn the switches off. I'll turn the circuit breakers off. That's not the way it works in the real world. I've just seen too many customers that are upset when the power goes out at night that, oh, I shouldn't have connected so many things up to my backup panel. Now, the thing is, if you put in one of the common, standard, best systems out there, you can get by forever with a 10-kilowatt-hour battery or a 20-kilowatt 
kilowatt hour battery if you're careful, but you can't power the whole house. So what I'm saying you can get by forever, that 10 kilowatt hour battery is going to be fully charged the next morning when the sun comes up. So it's usually fine. What we found is even on a cloudy day, I mean, today actually is cloudy. It's, it's November. It's very overcast. Even on a cloudy day, um, your 8 kilowatt solar system, a normal typical solar system, it's not going to be generating 8 kilowatts of power. It might be generating one or two kilowatts of power, but that's plenty to get the battery recharged. All right. Now, what you can do, if your budget's okay, you can install multiple batteries and multiple inverters, but it's going to be expensive, and you're going to have other electric service limitations. All right. What's happening in the industry? How is the electrical industry and the solar industry addressing this? Well, there's some new smart electric system technologies that are out there that are going to help address these power and energy limitations. There are smart controls that can automatically disable big appliances when there's a blackout. So inverter companies have a relay and that are a contactor, technically, that will disable the things that are going to draw a lot of power. So if there's no PG&E power, no utility power, the inverter is going to know, and it's going to turn off automatically with a contactor for each one of these circuits, your pool pumps, your HVAC system, your air conditioning. Well, you're probably not going to turn off your stove. You just better be smart enough not to use it. So that's one way, and you'd have to install one of these breakers, one of these contactors kind of on every circuit. The other way to do it is with smart circuit breakers that automatically shut off the large appliances when there's a power outage. So these smart circuit breakers are coming out, and they're basically going to just like automatically say, I'm not going to power these, you know, out of the 20, 24 things that are in my circuit breaker panel, I'm only going to power six. The other 18 are automatically going to be disabled when there's a power outage. And then the third way, it's kind of like the one step further, there's new smart electric panels that automatically manage all the circuits in your house. So they're going to be smart enough and, and very easy for you to program to say, all right, if my battery has 10 kilowatt hours of capacity, or maybe during the day when I've got plenty of power from solar, I can actually maybe run my heat pump and I can run my hot water heating system and I can maybe run my pool pumps for a little while. But at night, the system's going to be smart enough to say, hey, we better go into like major conservation mode. And at that point, it's only going to run the critical things like your lights, your fridge, et cetera, et cetera. So even with these new technologies that are coming out, the current crop, and there's a few manufacturers out there, their current crop of popular batteries and inverters works great if they're properly designed. There's thousands of happy battery backup customers around the country, and we're getting lots and lots of comments from our customers. It's good to when you get a comment from a customer saying, hey, the battery worked great throughout the night. It's exactly what I bought it for. And that's what's important for customers, to make sure that you're really allowing them to get the power they want through the night without you know dropping out. Anyway. That's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts.